Uh, I remain optimistic that something's going to get done from a deal perspective. Um, that aside, um, you know, I'm expecting him to work tomorrow. I'm proceeding with the assumption that he's going to work tomorrow. Um, you know, that's kind of the approach that I'm taking. Um, he's missed some time uh, due to obvious reasons. But like I've also mentioned um, over the course of this, this, this team development process, I focus very little on those that aren't working for whatever reason that they're not working. I tend to focus my energy on those that are. Uh, we've had uh, a lot of things to focus on at the outside linebacker position during the time that he hasn't been working. The acclimation of Melvin Ingram, the development of Jones, um, the continued development of Highsmith. I've been pleased with, with all of those fronts. And so, um, you know, like I mentioned, I'm proceeding with the assumption that he's working tomorrow and he gets to add his talents to, the, to that collection and the, the development of that collection. And hopefully it, it, it culminates in quality play, not only uh, this weekend from that group, but, but, but obviously over the course of the 2021 season. Welcome inside the locker room, everybody, on a Wednesday. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, rocking and rolling here. We have got plenty to get to as we continue to look ahead to Sunday against those Buffalo Bills. You want to get involved with the show? Two ways to do so, 412-919-1316. You can also tweet us at Wesley Euler, at DaBody52. DaBody. And Motes, you got to make sure to let the good people know today that we are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. Arthur Motes, how we feeling on a Wednesday? We are getting closer and closer and closer to kick off 1 o'clock on Sunday up in Buffalo. How you doing, partner? Man, like you said, it's almost game day. Now we get to start hopping into, you know, the matchups, previews, bells and whistles, all that jizz and jazz. But, yeah, man, I'm excited about it, baby. What about yourself? No, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. You know, we kind of – we do this tap dance all summer, right, where we – ah, oh, yeah, minicamp. We're here. It's practice. It's football. We're excited. Ah, yeah, training camp. We're here. It's practice. It's football. We're excited. Oh, yeah, preseason. It's pra- It's football. We're excited. Mm-hmm. But Arthur Motes, none of those, they don't even register on the Richter scale compared to that first Sunday of NFL games. And maybe, you know, occasionally, yeah, your team might play on Thursday in the opener, right? But that first NFL Sunday, that to me is really baseball tries to do the whole like hope springs eternal thing and i get it because their season starts in the spring so it kind of works but in the nfl i, was I think about to that's, say that's the thing in the nfl i think that's really true like we know how quick teams can can go from good to bad we know how how quick teams can turn it around from bad to good it, it really every nfl season you can talk yourself into it doesn't matter if if you're a New York Jets fan, you're talking yourself into, hey, you know what? This could go our way and this could come together and Zach Wilson could do this and we, we could, you know, we could win eight or nine games. The optimism, the excitement, the anticipation motes, I don't think there's anything like waiting for that first kickoff of your favorite team of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah, man. This is the excitement. And you have to remember, people didn't even get a year of playing or a year of being in the stadium because of COVID a year ago. So without a doubt, man, this is going to be, I think an even bigger (laughs) celebration of a season, if that makes sense. Um, Just in the sense that people are going to, we they're going to want to be there and they're going to be extra, extra enthused. I mean, we've already seen some of it, even from, 
you know, the excitement where it pours over a little bit too much and we get a little bit of physical altercations in the <laughs> in the stadiums and things like that. But as a whole, I just think that the energy is going to be electric yeah. this year, man. You could already feel the buzz even in preseason games. Like we said, preseason games, having that type of turnout, that type of energy, you can only imagine what regular season, especially week one, is going to look like. Yeah, especially week one when you've got two just absolutely rabid, absolutely fanatical fan bases in the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. You've got two teams that made the playoffs last year, two teams that won their division last year. Buffalo was in the AFC Championship game. Moats, as certain hosts say here on SNR, this is a uh, a five-star matchup to get the season mm-hmm. started for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, yeah, we certainly understand why the anticipation kind of already feels palpable on a Wednesday when we still are, what, four days away from kickoff here. I think a big part of that, Arthur Motes, and the question that everybody wants to know, the topic around town today, what's TJ Watt's status going to be Sunday, 1 o'clock, up in Buffalo, when the Steelers kick off against the Bills? Uh, we, we played Mike Tomlin saying there, you know, that he expects TJ to be a full participant today. Practice is in a little over two hours today, so Motes and I will not know what, what TJ Watt's practice status is today before we get off air but again, if I don't need to play that full 60, 70 second clip anymore. Here's a little just direct shot from Mike Tomlin to let you know what he's expecting today. You know, I don't know how more clear I can give it to you. Um, you know, I'm proceeding with the assumption that he's a full participant and worker tomorrow. Arthur Motes, is that a safe assumption? You know what they say happens when you assume? You just answered yourself right there then. You tell me what's the difference between yesterday versus today. Uh, Besides one day being Tuesday Tuesday and today is Wednesday. Today was Wednesday. So if TJ Watt didn't have that deal in place yesterday or Monday and he didn't practice, I just have a hard time thinking that today would be any different if the money hasn't changed. Because if you're TJ and say the team is in the middle of negotiations, which they are, and they simply say to you, hey, since we're this close to the season, get here, and we're, you know, we're probably going to get this deal done anyway. So I would just come out there and practice. Well, if you're TJ Watt, what was the difference in them saying that two weeks ago, three two, weeks ago? Two months ago. Exactly. Back in July. If, if you were that strong on it then, what would change now? Now, I understand you have this deadline, quote unquote, but you can still work around that. If you're trying if if you're TJ White, you really want to continue this stance until you get your money. There are ways to work around that. And he hasn't had to go that route because it's been a little bit more time. But as you can see, as it's getting closer to kickoff, the organization has shifted and started to put a little bit more pressure on TJ. We heard when Keith Butler spoke on TJ a week ago, drastically different tone than prior. You heard even with Coach Tomlin. If you listen to the whole press conference, you get the ebb and flow feel of, I'm going to give you a little bit of a bone here, but then I'm going to actually backhand compliment you a couple of times. There's a a real, um, I mean, I don't know what I want to call, almost like a perception battle in in all of this, too. It's it's a real, like, the classic game of chicken Mm -hmm. who blinks first type thing. But it's it's really one-sided in the terms of who's trying to drive this narrative of perception because TJ hasn't really responded to anything. TJ hasn't really publicly said anything. All the reports are saying that TJ is showing up. TJ has been very cordial. We've seen TJ working to the side, but he's been available. But it's been it's but, been but, light, but, partici- quick, light participation. Quick, no, no, quick question for you: When is the last time we had a team captain 
for a couple of years just magically not become a team captain? Hmm. Just out of curiosity. Hmm. I'm not remembering any off. The, I'm sure, like I'm sure there is obviously an example, but none that, come to mind. I can't right have away. one. Doesn't no one comes to my mind? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. And when I think of just certain times with certain players and how they're handling it, I'm like, I don't really like. I don't think things are adding up the way that they should be adding up. Hmm. But once again, you get the local reporters right. I think it was Jerry Dulac who had initially said that. The deal will be getting done shortly after the Panthers game. Then it was, all right, it should still be getting done. Then, I don't know if you saw yesterday, but then he says the week one deadline isn't really a deadline anymore. (laughs) And that there's examples where in the past the Steelers have broken that rule as long as negotiations started before the season. But it was not the case because that was a restricted free agent tender. Yes. Night and day. That is is, Night and day. So, once again – when you hear Coach Thomas say, I expect him to be out here, I'm assuming he'll be out here. You got Jerry saying this over here. None of these things are adding up because there hasn't been signals. any action for his contract in terms of the guarantees. So and, and to we me, do, that it has been widely reported that right. that's the sticking point. That is. Yeah. Because they operate with the the premise that they only do rolling guarantees. They only want to guarantee year one. But in today's NFL especially guys of T.J. Watt's caliber, they don't want just one year of guarantees. They want multiple years of guarantees, 100-plus million dollars in guarantees. And for the Steelers, this is their first time really having to do a deal like this for a Mm non-quarterback. It's true. And you're getting a chance to see the Steelers have to decide if they're going to stand on their principle or are they going to succumb to T.J.'s request. And now for T.J., he's faced with the decision of does he stand on his principle of his worth – and sit right now, or does he succumb to the team's pressure and sign this deal? Mm. So you can see, I mean, I understand both sides. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, man, it's frustrating if you're a player because for TJ, you've literally done every single thing. You were the first-round draft pick. You exceeded those expectations. Your if, we, if we redid that your, draft year, exactly, he'd be a top be five pick, top easily. three pick. Your brother is J.J. Watt. You've made yourself known. You've been a runner-up in the Defensive Player of the Year voting now two years in a row. Mm -hmm. Never any off-the-field issues. Never any injuries. Always available. If he isn't the guy that you break your your pack for, if he isn't the guy that you say, all right, we don't typically give out guarantees, but I'll make an exception for him. If he's not the guy, then who? Then who is? Who is? Because if I'm picking between TJ and Minka, I love Minka's game, but give me TJ every day. I think the it, impact just, is felt. The, the edge rusher, as you and I Absolutely. talk about, after quarterback, it's it's left tackle and it's and it's edge rusher. So to me, not only do I think this affects TJ and his potential career here, because granted the team still controls him for three years, and they do, but not only does this affect TJ, this affects your next wave of free agents, your Minka Fitzpatrick, your Devin Bush. Oh, absolutely, because they're keeping an eye on and this. And not just those guys. What about if I'm coming from Buffalo again, or if I'm if it's a guy coming from Atlanta, a guy coming from you know Seattle? You think he's going to want to show up here when he knows I can do everything, I could be the best player in the league consecutively, all these things done the right way, and they're still going to not want to give me that money. When I know for a fact if I hit the open market, every team would want to give me that money. Mm-hmm. That's the frustrating part of your TJ Watt. That's the frustrating part I see as a player. But as a business owner, they're doing it right. They have all the leverage. They do. 
TJ Watt being upset doesn't hurt you, Pittsburgh Steelers, because you have Melvin Ingram. You have Alex Highsmith. Is it a drop-off? Sure. But in terms of wins and losses, it won't be felt to that extent. We saw that in 2019 when Ben went down. TJ played out of his mind. I thought the 19 season was better than the 2020 season. But in terms of wins and losses, how many did it account for? Yeah. And when you're talking about 100 plus million, when you're talking about 30 year average, you got to have those wins above replacement. (laughs) When we're talking about quarterback level money, this is how that conversation goes if you're ownership. And as much as we don't like to think of TJ in that perspective, when you talk that type of money, that's the conversation he gets shifted into. So that's how I said I can see both sides of why they would sure. and why they wouldn't, man. It's, it's just it's frustrating that he has to go through it, though, right now. No, you you did a great job of, of laying out both of those sides, why TJ has, you know, has earned the right to feel the way he does, why the Pittsburgh Steelers have the leverage in the history to operate the way that they do. And that is kind of the, the civil war we've seen play out amongst the fan base and some members of the media here over the last couple weeks. Let me ask you this then, Arthur Motes, because – that you know the the kind of the free agency example too, and and how this is not just for TJ. Obviously, the, he's the one who is instantly impacted in terms of of dollars and guarantees and his future contract. But this is something that people like Minka Fitzpatrick are keeping an eye on, maybe Devin Bush, and some free agents as well too. So let me ask you this: We have seen you and I have discussed this. I know some people in the locker room, loyal listeners, might be unfamiliar with Moats and I, but this is our fourth year of doing Steelers coverage. We do a show called the Steelers Blitz. You and I have discussed this a lot over the last two years, but especially this past year. The Steelers are operating a little bit differently than you know than they normally do, than the, the, the traditional Steeler way. They've been more active in trades, right? As I famously like to say, trading their first-round draft pick to get Minka Fitzpatrick for the first time since the Beatles were still together. That was the last time the Steelers did not have a first-round draft pick. They traded up to get Devin Bush, their first top-ten pick on defense since Rod Woodson all the way back in the 80s. They've been more active in free agency. They've been more active with trades. Doesn't this kind of feel like the next step in that equation? No, because none of those equate to $100 million in guaranteed money Hmm. for a non-quarterback. None of that even comes close to the hundred million, and I think that's the biggest difference. So you don't think it's antiquated the no, way that they're doing? No, because business. when I think of like trading a first round pick, think about the first round pick is still slotted, it's capped in terms of how much money you're going to allot for that pick, right? Regardless of where it is, it's going to be capped. When we talk about trading for players, we control which guys' contracts we're trading for. That's why a couple of years when Deshaun Watson was available, right before the scandal. When it was, oh, you have to trade a first-round pick and this contract, it was like, whoa, why would we do that? Now we'd rather go with Ben. We'd keep this route. When you start talking hundred-plus million dollars, we've never seen the Steelers have to give a contract like that out to a non-defense or a non-quarterback. Sure. And I think that's, even like even AB wasn't even, approaching right, that type of money. He never got there. Yeah. And even if they make a player the highest paid in the league, we already said highest paid in the league doesn't mean anything in terms of guaranteed money. Highest paid in the league is just for ESPN. That's just for this, the, the headline. But the guarantee part is what matters the most. And they've never done a deal like that to any player outside of a quarterback. And even Ben, like, it was different because, like I said, he was a quarterback and he was still in his prime sure, during those sure. times. They haven't had a guy like TJ where he is literally arguably the best defender in the NFL. Not as his position. Because when we talk about Troy getting his deal done – at the time, he was not. He was towards the back end exactly. of, his, yeah, of his prime. Or, and when they paid him the first time, they paid him ahead of his prime. Same with A.B. You talk about Heinz Ward, his little holdout. He was never viewed as the best in the league. T. 
T.J. Watt is viewed as arguably the best player in the league. When we're arguing about T.J., we don't argue if he should be all pro. We're arguing was he snubbed for defensive player of the year. That's a totally different category that we're talking yeah. about. There's not many, not, many guys, not many guys in that conversation. You think about how young he is. You think about how available he is. And when you compare his numbers to the guys that got paid before him, Joey Bosa and Miles Garrett. His are better. Across the board. I mean, how does he have better sack numbers when he has to drop in coverage? How does he have more QB hits than both of those guys? Almost 20-plus more. And his responsibilities require him to do less than just rushing every single play. It's, that's what I'm saying. If you're not going to make this for TJ, if you're not going to do the guarantee, hey, we're going to make him the exception to the then, rule, then you're, then, then you're never going to do it. At least not for another 10, 20 years. Or as long as this management is here then. Yeah. Yeah, because that's all I could think of right now. Like Nothing else is adding up to why you don't pay him that. I think because that's what the market says. And, and you know, the cap is going up. And, and we know too, Motsi, everyone tries to do like the, all right, who's in the right, who's in the wrong? Whose side are you? Who's the bad guy? No, I don't think anybody is bad. No, because you just did a great job of laying out why neither side's really the bad guy. That's just, man, that's business business. in the national, a billion-dollar business that is the National Football League. But I will say this. This is another reason why the team doesn't like to negotiate during the season. So the reports also were coming out that T.J. White is, you know, they said he was starting to get a little bit, you know, personal or offended by it. 100% I can understand because during negotiations that will happen because their team of negotiators, their job is to do what? Devalue, Devalue you. you. <laughs> so they're going to say some things mm-hmm. that will offend you. Mm-hmm. They're going to say some things. I'm probably sure he's heard in negotiations, well, Miles Garrett, you know, he does this a little bit better than you. He, he does that a little bit better than you. And he has to hear that. That's not cool. But that's the argument they have to make. They got to bring up Bosa. What does he do better than you? Because that's the only leg they can stand on to knock his money down below sure, that. So if you're sure. TJ, of course you're going to get offended. I did the same thing. I sat in the meetings and when they're telling me I'm the third best rusher because of the way they want to pay me, and I'm looking at our roster and it has Jarvis Jones, Howard Jones, and I can't even remember the other guy because Jason Wells was retired and James Harrison was no longer on the roster. I was like, man, you might as well have just spit in my face. Because there isn't a conversation, an atmosphere, a, a galaxy where that is accurate based on this current situation. But when you're going through negotiations, you have to have that. Now, if this is happening in season, imagine when I show up to work on Wednesday and you just told me Tuesday. You just told me Miles Garrett best. does this better than you exactly. and, Joey, and your teammate does this so, better So when than I you. show up to work and I say, well, you know what, since he does it better, you put him out there first then. Now we got an issue. Or since he does it better, you know what? He's going to have to beat me out. I'm not coming off the field anymore now. Mm-mm. Nah. And I'm going to be a butt about it every day in the meetings. <laughs> I mean, that's the route that would happen. That's how it easily could yeah, go sure, when you do it sure. in season. So I understand why they create that deadline. And you get that just natural sense of urgency, right? All right, man, it's coming. It's happening. All right, yeah, I that 11th hour oh, where man. things get done, yeah. But to me, unless they change their perspective with the guaranteed portion of it, I just don't see – why TJ would come off of that hmm. because of how long it's went. That's my thing. No, that that that, that makes a lot of sense. It, it really does the way you lay that out there. But I hate that TJ has to go through it because he's yeah. a football guy. You I know. know he wants to practice. That's the that's he the, wants to practice. That's the that's duality of this whole situation there. Um and, and that's where kind of I want to go next with you. Like where does this all you know there's there's going to be some type of resolution 
Uh, where does this all end up by the end of the week? You know, we want your reaction as well, too. Uh, you can get at us on Twitter. We've also got phone lines for the week, 412-919-1316, 412-919-1316. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler having some fun in the locker room with the Steelers Blitz on SNR and ESPN Pittsburgh. Steelers Blitz. No, it's not. We're in the locker room. Sorry, with the Steelers Blitz, boys. I'm going to do that all week. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here on a Wednesday. Reminder, everything we do here in the locker room is presented by your neighborhood Ford store. Motesy, of course, the topic du jour uh, everywhere across Pittsburgh today is the the uh, pending back and forth, this T.J. Watt contract discussion. We open the show talking about it. Here's, you know, we got plenty of time, though, so we ain't oh, worried. All we got is time. We got plenty of time. Um, here's the, the the one angle of this that I'd like to get your take on. Yes. Right? You and I have talked a little bit about how there's some mixed signaling, and I, I'm not – no, we just did that with the contract, but I'm going a different route here. How there hasn't been, right – we haven't really heard, other than from Juju – that this is for sure the last year of Ben Roethlisberger. Right. There's a, a lot of us, you know, are thinking that this could be it, that there is a a chance that, that Ben could sail off into the sunset and off into Canton a, a few years later, but that's also not been said for sure. But it does at the same time, too, you and I have discussed, the way the Steelers have made some moves this offseason, like they are gearing this thing up for, for, for a last ride, for a last dance, whatever you want to call it, this season with Ben Roethlisberger. I think, you know, taking Najee Harris in the first round, an instant impact running back, yeah, sure, five, six years from now, maybe his shelf life isn't the same, but he helps you the most right now. You bring Najee Harris in in the first round, more trades, more active in free agency like we discussed. That signal seems mixed to me, though, Motsi, in this regard, because if this is really it, if this is going to be the last great chance of this era to climb that stairway to seven before you have to start writing a new chapter of Steelers football and your Hall of Fame quarterback possibly uh, exit stage right, like, you need T.J. Watt to be part of that equation. That's that's where the mixed signaling for me comes in is that the way the Steelers have operated ever since the NFL draft makes it seem like they're really gearing this thing up to have the best chance possible to win this season, to run it back one more time with your future Hall of Fame quarterback. And, buddy, if this is the last ride, if this is the last dance, needless to say, you need T.J. Watt to be part of that equation. But I think that they still can have him part of that equation. They can. It's not mutually exclusive, and that goes back to the team having the leverage here. Because unlike the Le'Veon Bell situation where I know people are concerned, well, hey, man, TJ is so frustrated. Most I heard what you're saying. Does that mean TJ won't play? The difference between L. Bell sitting out and TJ sitting out is L. Bell had signed his franchise tag the year before and played that. He had played under his uh, he played under his four year contract. Then he did not sign that franchise tag the second time. So he was never under contract. The team controlled his rights. So that's why he couldn't play anywhere else. But he wasn't under contract, so the team couldn't find him. There was no discipline, no repercussion. And in the end, L. Bell essentially got what he wanted, which was the most guaranteed money. 
the Steelers deal had more long-term money, but the guarantees were right. a third at best right. compared to what he got going to New York. And we saw, based on these past three years, he made the right decision because he got the guaranteed money. Whereas if you don't and your play drops off how it did, well, now we're looking at him saying, hey, man. The Baltimore Ravens hey. are picking you off the pile. Right. <laughs> so that, to me, is a little bit different. Whereas with TJ, TJ is still under contract right now. That is true. He's under contract. And then next year, he could have the opportunity to not sign a franchise tag, but once again, drastically different because L. Bell had already signed his franchise tag the year before he had that big one-year payday. T.J. Watt hasn't had that yet. Now, granted, he was a first-round draft pick, and granted, he had you know a nice signing bonus, but it's nowhere near what it used to be. Correct. So when you talk about that, along with if they were to start fining him, because that's what the team could do. That's the next step in this equation of you're not practicing, but you're here. You're under contract. If you're under contract, you practice. If you're healthy, you practice. Mm-hmm. They've been a gentleman. They've, they've shown the respect mutually because they could have been taking that approach, but they haven't. If they go that route while he's under contract, that adds up quickly. 30K, 40K, 30K, 40K. Oh, game day, double that fine. Oh, you missed that meeting the night before on game day? Double that fine. That adds up. You do a month of that. Whew, that's only four games you missed. <laughs> but you talk about four games you missed, now that's four game checks you're not getting, along with those along fines, with fines yeah. along with them being doubled on game day. He can't do that. Can't. No. It's just, it, I mean, you do the math on it. <laughs> Based it, on it, his it, career. It, it making pennies. It, unless he's calling JJ up. That's about <laughs> the only way that that math works out, all right? So I don't anticipate it being like that. Would TJ maybe miss a game to prove a point? Well, we've seen situations like that. Cam Chancellor with the Seattle Seahawks, he was a prime example. Had already had a deal in place, played a couple of years, obviously outplayed that deal, wanted it to get renewed. Seattle didn't want to do it. He sits out all training camp, sits out week one. Then he's like, all right, I got to come back here and play. They come to an agreement where they adjusted the guarantees just slightly. He didn't get the contract he wanted, but they improved it. With TJ, it's different because he hasn't had any long-term deal just yet. Right, he's still on that rookie right. deal. Right, so they can't even tweak the rookie deal to say, hey, we'll, we'll pay you more this season and we'll work on something down the road. So once again, this is the outlier. This is that one-off, but it goes back to the guarantee portion. And that, to me, is going to forever be the sticking point until one of those sides changes yeah. their stance on it. But right. it's so hard when you've been dug in for this long. It absolutely is. And you know, I mean, I, I know you know this. You just alluded to it in some of the conversations, negotiation conversations you had in the past. Like, pride definitely comes into play in these things. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. And the longer you dig those feet in, you continue to dig those feet in, sometimes you're, you're less and less willing to, to do the, the give and take and, and meet in the middle thing. And yeah, let's hope, let's hope that's not what's playing out right now. Um, I just. <sighs> You're right. This is just not, this is just not what you want going into to week one against a team like Buffalo up on the road in an environment like that. We start to talk about the franchise tag. We start about kicking this thing down the road. I guess one one more angle here that I'd be interested to get your your opinion on Motsi. Do you see a scenario where like I'm trying to think if there's an example? Like mm-hmm. I I thought maybe Dak Prescott, but again, as you've done a good job, as, as everybody knows, quarterbacks are always outliers in these right. conversations. But what I mean by Dak Prescott is we saw the Cowboys for, for, for two years drag their feet on finally paying him, and then they have to overpay. for, for they, they pay a good player great money. Right. 
I I wonder if we get a same church, different pew type scenario. If, if they try and drag this thing out and if there's a franchise tag involved next year that, okay, well, you thought Miles Garrett and, and Joey Bosa got paid. Wait till Chase Young and Nick Bosa get mm-hmm. paid. And then all of a sudden you're paying TJ Watt more money when he's closer to 30, not 26 like he is now. Does that concern you at all? I mean, it obviously does. The long game for the Steelers, even if they tried to, cap it at three years right because that's essentially how this thing plays out if it goes and they say well we're going to play this game of you playing your option this year tag tag we know the number continues to go up because of those guys you said when chase young gets paid that resets that mm-hmm. the franchise tag for edge rushers already is high it's crazy it's already super high bud dupree got a nice nice Absolutely. payday last year so tj it still benefits him if it were to go that way, because he's going to get three essentially guaranteed one-year deals and have the opportunity to hit the market before he's over 30, and they pay pass rushers that hit the market before they're over 30. So if you're TJ, that still could work. The problem is it caps how long he's going to be here in Pittsburgh. Do you think TJ Watt only has three valuable years left, or do you think he has seven valuable years left? And that's kind of like what I think of that because – that is another thing, right? Absolutely. What's the shelf life? How long do you think he has? It has pass to be part rushers, of the pass rushers play till their thirties, thirty-five, mm-hmm. typically thirty-five, thirty-six. You can still see them getting it done. Mm-hmm. So, when I think of that, I'm just like, I don't want to cap that at three years for TJ. I agree with you on that. I, I I absolutely agree with you on that. I think that's just the only alternative, though. Could you see a scenario where he doesn't sign this year, but now also magically he gets a deal done next year? And you know he's going to go out there and have a better year? If he goes out and has an even better year, then, they, were then tripping, they were tripping on these guarantees? Let let him go out there and have 15 sacks. And have another season like Let him have 17 year. sacks. Let him actually win a defense player of the year. Oh. You thought Bud Dupree won his deal. If TJ... That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm worried about. And you know Mika wants money too. Absolutely. And Mika is definitely primed to have another big season. Absolutely. Now you got a situation. You can't franchise both of them now. And if you transition tag one, you might as well kiss them goodbye because no team is going to allow those players to be out there and not go get them. 100%. And that's that's where I worry about just kind of dragging your feet with this. I I know, and you did a great job of of lining it out, uh, laying it out, pardon me, at the top of the hour. Like, this is a business for the Steelers. It is. Uh, we like to try and make it just as, as simple black and white as, ah, look at how good T.J. Watt is. You, you need that guy. Pay him his money. But it is obviously always much more complex than that. But I just – Man, I feel like we see so many of these scenarios where teams drag their feet, drag their feet, drag their feet, and then they just end up paying more than that, what Down they would the line, have yeah. originally. And I I don't want to do that with TJ Watt, especially Motsi. If this is kind of the end of one era this season, right, and, and the next year starts your, your next chapter of Steelers football and, and you want the guys like, like TJ and Minka, like Najee, to be involved with that next era of Steelers football. You know what else I want in that next era of Steelers football? As much salary cap space as possible. So, hey, maybe we could go out and recruit one of these veteran quarterbacks and keep this thing humming and not have a couple down years. Or maybe we go recruit a veteran quarterback and we draft one in the first round and give that young guy some time. But I want to have options, Motsi, particularly options in salary cap space. Options are key. And, and, and I, realize, are key, I realize that that number is going up. But you know what? Every year you wait to pay these guys, that contract number is going up as well. 100%, man. It's just... You, you put yourself in a financial bind the longer you let this thing go. And 
not only do you put yourself in a financial bond, the longer it goes, but then you're also going to be tapping into that window of finding a new QB, regardless if you think this is Ben's last right. year or if you think he has three more years. Eventually, Either you're going to have to find his You're going to have to find a guy. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we all know only two people are undefeated, Arthur Motes. Father Time. And Tom Brady. Now I'm playing. <laughs> Father Time and, where, where, and the chefs at the Steelers facility on it the south is. side. Those are the only people in this world that are undefeated. I'm hungry. <laughs> Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler leading you up until lunch. We are here in the locker room until noon. Everything we're doing presented by your neighborhood Ford store. We're going to take a break, but we got some tweets to get to when we get back on the other side. You want to join the conversation? Uh, 412-919-1316. What should the Steelers do with T.J. Watt? How does this thing all play out? Let us know. You can also tweet us at Wesley Euler at the body 52. You are in the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh. Back in the locker room, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, presented by your neighborhood Ford store. Motesy, I, uh, I wanted to make sure to state this at some point in the uh, the first hour of the show here, and we are coming to our final segment of the first hour. If uh, if you're just getting back into the swing of things, game week, you're, you're typical in the locker room listening, right, and you're turning tuning in today, yesterday, tomorrow, rest of the week, you're expecting to hear Craig Wolfley, Max Starks, uh, you've got Moats and I for this week. Uh, we decided, you know, to give those guys the week off in, in lieu of everything that happened with Tunchyokin over the weekend. But don't worry. Uh, starting next week, you will have your um, what will be your your in the locker room hosts for the season. It'll be Wolf. It'll be Starks. You will hear them both Sunday on the broadcast in Buffalo. But just wanted to make sure to to clarify that for anybody who might be confused. You've got Moats and I this week, but then Wolf and Starks will be back next week. If you are new uh, to listening to Moats and I, welcome to the party, pal. Uh, we do uh, we do this thing for two hours on SNR uh, every day as well. Um, so, hey, if you like what you've been hearing yesterday and today, really simple. You can listen um, on ESPN Pittsburgh and on SNR to uh, to Wolf and to Starks. And then when those guys get off at noon, you, you hop on SNR and you rock and roll with Motsi and I for two hours as well as we carry you through the afternoon and, and through the lunchtime. Obviously, carrying the majority of our conversation today is the uh, the ongoing um, waiting on TJ Watt and the entire uh, contract situation and everything around that. We played some audio from Mike Tomlin. We uh, kind of have parsed through this thing. Motsi, before we get to some of the reaction on Twitter, I was just wondering, how do you think this all plays out? As we sit here today, does a contract get done? Does it not get done? Does TJ just end up playing out that last year? Is he going to practice today about an hour and a half from now? What's his participation going to look like against Buffalo on Sunday? How do you think this thing kind of gets resolved in the next few days? Man, I like how you paint this picture with this off uh, outside linebacker, and then you throw on my former employer, the Pittsburgh Steelers, in there, and then you just basically ask me a roundabout way to speculate. Speculate. And you know I cannot stand you speculation. You love to speculate. The people know it. I said, man, he just went. He tried to butter me up here. Oh, yeah, man, you know you got this with this linebacker, you know, with da-da-da-da-da, and I know you got the experience here, man. So how do you think this thing goes? How's it go? <laughs> Honestly, look, man. Motes, I need you to look into your crystal ball yeah. for me, all right? And how do the next, what, 72 hours yeah. play out? Man, listen, your guess is good as mine <laughs> right now. I mean, I can see it going a couple of ways. Um, 
in all honesty, though, I do think that the deal will get done. I still do, too. I don't know if it happens today, though, but I do think it gets done. That's the interesting part, though, for me, because getting the deal done, I don't necessarily feel that that means T.J. Watt practices. That's true. That's but I point. still think he plays. It's a very good point. I, I feel like it's somewhere between Cortez Allen signing his deal on a Saturday night mm-hmm. in the hotel yep. before the 2014 kickoff to the season versus the Cleveland Browns. Yep. I feel like it's going to be somewhere in that vein, but instead of, you know, like how Cortez was practicing the whole time, I don't think TJ will fully be out there just yet. But once the deal is done, we know we'll expect to see him on Sunday and then things will get back to normal. But I just I don't think it gets done faster than that, man. I, I don't because I, I I'm just like if that was the case, why wouldn't it have been done already? And you and I, we discussed, you, you know, yeah. th- that eleventh hour thing. Everybody loves to wait until the last minute and who blinks first and all that stuff. But that but makes sense when it doesn't pertain to your physical abilities. Correct. Physical abilities are in jeopardy when you're correct. not working. It's it's one thing when it's a free agent. Exactly. Or, yeah. yeah. So that's why, like, we I understand that concept, and because that, that was the joke that people made with me when my deal got done the day before free agency hit in March. And I was like, well, you know what? At least with this, it doesn't pertain to my preparation. Right. Yeah, you're this, not get, you're not getting ready for games in March. Right. This is compromising his preparation. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Regardless of how much I mean, even Coach Tomlin in in that same presser, he was talking about how he wasn't concerned about TJ Watt's physical capabilities because he saw a guy like Aaron Donald come back and, you know, miss a whole offseason and then ball out. But he also said Aaron Donald's a freak of nature. Once again, for me, I took that as he's kind of hedging his bet here in the sense of if TJ does come back with the new deal, but he isn't just all world out the, off the gate. Well, now we got a reason why we didn't need to pay you like that because uh, you're not Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, he was here and working out at Pitt the whole season, went out there and had 20 sacks. You going to be able to do that? Hmm. You put, that's the expectation that you put on him though. Yeah. By making that. And that was the direct quote. That's that. I saw Aaron Donald. Oh, he mentioned, yeah, he mentioned him by season. name. Yeah. And he went out there. He's a freak of nature. I expect TJ. He's a freak of nature. So you already see the parallel you put him in. <laughs> Do I agree with it? Absolutely not. But that is the category that he puts him in, in terms of no preseason, no training camp work, no team work. And now you're putting him out there with that expectation that he'll come out and still do T.J. Watt things, not just be available, right. but be T.J. Kinda Watt. Kind of putting him in a box a little Because bit. that's the expectation. And, you know, nobody put Gator in a box now. Don't nobody put that man in a box like that. Nobody puts T.J. in the corner. Can't put him in no corner like that. Come on now. Mozi, you know who's not putting T.J. in the corner? Who? His quarterback. Oh, hey now. Now, this is interesting. Well, I kind of forgot about this. When we were laying out our show prep today and mm-hmm. we were discussing how we were going to talk about this T.J. Watt thing because we knew we wouldn't get an answer on him practicing or not practicing uh, because we're off at noon and, and the Steelers won't hit the field until about 15 minutes after that. But one thing I forgot, Arthur Motes, you know, we're back in, in game week. We're back in the swing of the regular season. Today's Wednesday. Oh, that means it's Ben's Day Wednesday? Oh, I thought every day was a Wednesday. The quarterback. It's only one. It's only one Wednesday reference around here. <laughs> all I do is I, Wednesday. I, I, hey, all right. I don't take no slander on Wednesdays, and I got a whole lot of money. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger just spoke about twenty minutes ago, Arthur yes. Motes, and you know that he was asked about T.J. Watt, of course. Absolutely. You want to know what he had to say? I, I'm very interested in hearing this. I quote: "T.J. Watt should get whatever the heck he wants. He's one of the best players in the NFL, not just defensively." I took less money so the team could do things like sign guys. Whoo! 
So TJ Watt should get whatever the heck he wants. He's one of the best players in the NFL, not just defensively. That's the direct quote. And then Ben went on to say, I took less money so the team could do things like sign guys like TJ Watt. Arthur Motes. Whoo, buddy. That throws a little, that's a little extra gasoline on the fire, isn't it? Well, I like that, though. Uh, no, I, you like to hear that from your quarterback, absolutely. The, and the reason I say I like it is because we saw a situation play out three years ago where the team, the players, did not come to their players' defense. In fact, they took the opposite approach. They sided with the management. They sided with the team. Correct. And we were not very fond of that as players, alumni, and anybody that has played this game professionally knows you never do that. <laughs> so to hear Ben come out and say what he said, absolutely, I 100% love that because that's what you're supposed to say. Yep. Now, I wonder, is it a little bit more convenient because T.J. Watt is actually here and they got to see this dude every single day, whereas in that situation, L. Bell wasn't. So right. you kind of say what you want right. and you don't have to look at that guy every single day. But And part of that is, too, I mean, let's be honest as well. It is when you're at the stage of your career that Ben's at right now, mm -hmm. Obviously, he's going to feel the yeah. kind of what I said at the beginning of, of, of last segment, right? Ben wants all hands on deck mm -hmm. to try and, and make another run at this thing while he knows he's in his last year or two in the National Football League. Yep. Yeah, of course he wants TJ Watt happy and, and, and lined up and hunting like, quarterbacks who, who on the other team. want that guy out there? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I. But no, I think that like Ben definitely did what he's supposed to do, and Ben has enough power where he doesn't have to worry about repercussions. Exactly. There's certain players that, hey, man, if you are Trey Norwood, you don't go out there and say that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Robert Spillane, you're not going out there and say that. Alex Highsmith, you, you don't go out there no, and say no that. No comment, no comment, everything will work out, no comment. But when you're Ben and you know that you sit in rooms with the guys who are making these decisions, you've earned that right. So, yeah, you definitely speak up on their behalf. And I'm like I said, I'm glad that he took that stance, man. No, absolutely. absolutely. Because that – goes a long way in terms of TJ feeling like, you know what, I am validated in my stance. That is well, too. I can my continue my fight. They're my backing me up. teammates want me to get right. this thing done. Because there have been situations where, as players, you might not get upset with the details of a guy's contract, but when guys are holding out and you know they make you better, it does get to a point where guys start to get a little bit uneasy and you lose sight of, I know that you're trying to do this financially, but we all know the same concept of we're trying to win. And if we win, we all get paid. So that's the other part that starts to come into play when it gets closer to kickoff. We had a situation with the guy, Jerry's Bird. So he was uh, he, he actually lost rookie of the year to uh, Brian Cushing, but okay. Brian Cushing had the PED. So sure. that was the whole scandal oh, then, right? Yeah. But, but Bird, man, dude was a beast. Pro bowler, all pro. Got to the time where it was contract negotiation time. Now, he was already technically under a contract, but he was getting the extension, so he doesn't show up for minicamp. No OTAs, no training camp. Now, we're all cool because we're like, yo, you're going to get your money. It's going to happen. But I remember as it got closer to the season, guys in that locker room definitely started to feel a type of way and would reach out to him and let him know, like, hey, we know you want to get paid, but if you come back and you're not what you're used to being, you're going to hurt all of our chances of getting better. Sure. And that's going to hurt all of our chances of getting more money. And in the time... You don't even think of what you're doing, but 
in all, you know, hindsight being 2020, that was added pressure to him that made him feel like he needed to come back a little bit sooner. Absolutely. But as players, that's the truth, though, because you cannot get better without playing. It's not an issue of can TJ go get a sack? No, we're not asking can he get a sack. He should be able to get a sack in his sleep. What I'm talking about is play-by-play impact, what he's accustomed to doing, being dominant against the run, being able to play 85% of the snaps, 90% of the snaps at 100% effort, chasing down plays, batting down balls, interceptions, that's T.J. Watt. fumbles, yeah. Not just getting a sack. If we only gauged him by getting sacks, I mean, let's be real. Like, that's not going to move the needle to where he is at now because anybody can get sacks. Yeah, you're not you're not, right. you're not, not runner-up in the NFL Defensive Player exactly. of the Year voting just for just sacks. Just sacks. Yeah. So when we think of T.J., that's been the rebuttal all the time. Oh, man, he'll get a sack. He'll get a sack. But, no, we're talking about his impact. And that will potentially be compromised the longer this thing goes. Agreed. And the fact that we're here on Wednesday – and we're having to have this rubber meets the road conversation of he needs to be out here to practice on Wednesday. My question to you, though, Wes, three days of practice enough for a game versus the Buffalo Bills? Um, because for the, him to be involved, yes. For him to be his typical self, I'm saying typical no. self, no, because I don't care about his involvement. I want him to be – are we paying T.J. Watt to just be involved? Or are you paying T.J. Watt to be T.J. Watt not just in the first quarter? Not just in the second quarter, not just in the third quarter, not just in the fourth quarter either. If we're going to overtime, I want you there as well. So you see the difference. So I ask you again, is three days enough time? No. Okay. Because when it comes to T.J. Watt, Mm -hmm. in the words of Conor McGregor, Mm -hmm. I am not here to take part. No, 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 my friend. I'm here to to take over. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't want I don't want TJ out there to 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 play a role. I want TJ out there taking over. And he can't do that properly. Proper. You know? He can't do that if he's not out there practicing. And again, he's not the game better. And again, you know, you're you're not starting with uh you're not starting with some D two program yeah. that you're gonna beat by forty fifty points. This isn't Mary Baldwin College Technical <laughs> Institute. This isn't Gallaudet School of the Blind. This isn't UMass. This isn't UMass. This isn't James Mass. Like these are legit. Hey, don't NFL don't don't poo poo my Dukes like that. All right. Well, I figured I, I would go JMU this time. Because I'm going to give you a W later on. So oh, I figure okay. I go jam you okay. on the front okay. end. You know how that go. Yeah. And, and in Mozi, it's not even like you're getting the uh, – you're not even getting the New York Jets or the, or the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. You're, you're hopping into a team that was in the AFC the Championship. Final four last year. Like, it's legit. Yeah. Super legit, man. Absolutely. So you want those guys – you want TJ to be at his best self. But All right now, that's not going to be the case because just – from personal experience, three days isn't enough to get to where he needs to be to be T.J. Watt. Will he be able to play? Absolutely. Can he get a sack? Absolutely. The play-in, play-out impact, that will be compromised early on. You heard Keith Butler, who played linebacker in the NFL, who is his coach since he was a rookie in the NFL, who's been a defensive coordinator and position coach in the NFL for a long time, speak specifically about T.J. Watt in hitting shape. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Coach Thomas played, you know, collegially. He doesn't feel that T.J. has to worry about that. I This is one of those ones where I don't necessarily agree with Coach Thomas. I'm with you on that. And that's especially more so the way, my personal experience. Especially the way T.J. gets held right. so often. And, and I'm saying as a guy who's been out there, I'm like, man, I know you've seen a ton of it and you've been around some freaks, but that does not add up. Especially in this modern it era, it doesn't add well, up, too, man. I think that yeah. that fine tuning is such a process 
And you're right. That process has been thrown off and all summer for TJ. And that's the purpose of skill development. And Coach week, Tama certainly. always preaches skill yeah. development. How are you developing skill, sharpening skill, if you are not going against skillful players? You're going against trainers, conditioning coaches. Tackling dummies. Make it make sense to me. How, how do you not have a little bit of concern there? I do. I certainly do. What say you? We've gotten a bunch of tweets. We will get to that reaction, I promise, when we get back on the other side. You can also jump on the phone lines if you want. 412-919-1316. 412-919-1316. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler in for Wolf and Starks in the locker room. Having some fun on a Wednesday. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Pittsburgh.